Good evening and welcome to our weekly Bible study. As you know, we're going through the book of Hebrews. So if you have your Bible ready, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read from verse 5. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith Noah, when warned about things that yet seen not seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Just a few verses there, and um, we're going to look at them together. Let's just pray before we do. Our Father, we thank you again for the privilege we have, and we just ask that you again will lead us through these words as we understand more about you and more about ourselves. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So last week, uh, from verses 1 and 4, or 1, 2, 4 of chapter 11, we saw that the writer was not giving us a definition of faith, but a description of faith. Now, the first emphasis being on the object of our faith. I looked at the word object in the dictionary, and the meaning is a person or thing to which a specific action or feeling is directed. The writer is speaking to Christians. He's shown them the importance of who Jesus is and that they are accepted by God through the faith that they have in the one who is God, God who became the perfect man, the perfect sacrifice, and who is now their perfect high priest. So if Jesus is the object of their faith and our faith, and the substance of theirs and our faith, what are our feelings towards him? And do we have a desire to know him? I mean to really know him for who he is, the one who is Lord. Do we believe and fully trust in his word, a belief and a trust that continues on after conversion? If we do, then it's God who gives us the faith to have confidence in his words and the faith to have the hope and the assurance that enables us to trust his words. This, in this letter, this encouragement that the writer is bringing, he's bringing to Hebrew Christians. The reason is because some of them, due to their circumstances and pressures of life and pressures from people within and outside of the, of the church, are bringing, uh, are beginning to, to influence them. And some are beginning to start to drift away from the truth of God's words. And also, by doing that, drift away from the power of the cross. Now, this reminds me of the words of Jesus to the disciples when he said to them, you of little faith. And what I want us to do for just a few moments is to go into Matthew's gospel. And I want us to listen to those words of Jesus. And as we listen to them, 
take note of who he is talking to. If we go to Matthew chapter 6, now I'll read these verses, but uh, just follow them through as I read. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So these are the words of Jesus. But here he's speaking about prayer. He's speaking about fasting. He's been speaking about the treasures in heaven. And he's telling them not to worry. He's teaching his disciples. We go to Matthew chapter 8 and I'll read verse 26 to you. This is what Jesus said. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Now Jesus here has been speaking about the cost of following him. And then he's with those in the boat during the storm, and they're worried. And Jesus spoke to them. Who are they that he spoke to? Well, those in the boat. They were his disciples. We go to Matthew 14, verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now, this happened after the feeding of the 5,000. They'd just seen this great miracle, and then they were crossing the lake. And this is when Jesus wasn't with them in the boat, but they saw him walk towards him on the water. And this is when Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water, but eventually began to sink. So who is Jesus speaking to when he says to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Well, he's speaking to his disciple, Peter. Matthew 16, verse 8. Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Now, this was on the occasion of after the feeding of the 4,000 again, the disciples had seen a great miracle. But they were mixed up about the bread. They were on their way um, back home or wherever it was they were going, but they realized that they had no bread and they started to discuss amongst themselves and they totally missed the meaning of the feeding of the 4,000. So who are they that Jesus is speaking to? It's his disciples those of little faith. And then we come to Matthew 17, verse 20. Jesus speaks again. He replied, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is an occasion where, again, they'd seen Jesus do the impossible. He had healed someone. And they failed to do this. And again, who are they who failed? They are his disciples. So when they, the disciples, could not understand or believe what was happening, it caused Jesus to say to them, you of little faith. You know, how many times does Jesus need to say that to us? How many times does he need to say it to me? You of little faith. That's a challenge for us, isn't it? Let's 
Just go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's ask another question. On what evidence do we base our faith? Okay, verse 3 of chapter 11. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So the evidence starts at creation. He who created the universe out of nothing by the power of his word. And we continue to see through the scriptures the power of his word. And when we get glimpses of the future, we see that the future is controlled by the power of his word. And that's where we need to get our faith from. We go to John 1, verses 1 and 3. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So how does this impact on our actions? Well, by faith, we put his words into action. And the writer will tell us of those who, by faith, have done this. Last week, we saw how Abel, by faith, worshipped God and was commended by God for his righteousness. You see, Abel's worship of God was an expression. This was an act of faith when he offered his sacrifice and his, his act of faith is a witness and an evidence to us of the power of faith. Not only are we called to worship by faith, but we are also called to walk by faith. So this brings us this evening to Enoch. So, 11, and we're going to read from verse 5 through to 6. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death couldn't be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Enoch pleased God by his faith. And the faith that he had in God led him to walk with God. Enoch walked by faith. And without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That sounds like an obvious statement, but there's great depth in it. His faith, that's Enoch's faith, led him to continually seek God. And this is faith in action. Faith in action in the life of a Christian. Yes, we seek God for salvation, but we continue to seek God. This is an ongoing action of seeking God's will. And then the verse went on, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We can go to Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, and this is what we read about Enoch. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more, because God took him away. So that's Enoch's faithful, faithfully walk with God because of the faith he had in God and God's word.
So we've seen how by faith Abel worshipped God. By faith Enoch walked with God. Now we come to someone who was led by faith to work for God. We come to Noah. Verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So what I'd like us to do just for a few moments is to unpick those verses together and unpick them in the light of what we know about Noah. Because we're just told a little tiny bit about him here. But there's so much in those few verses. We can read all about Noah in the book of Genesis. But here, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. Now, this refers us back to Hebrews uh, verse 1 of chapter 11. So, what was it that Noah had not seen, but he had faith? Well, Genesis 2 verse 5 to 7, this is what it says. Now, this is creation. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, if you read those verses in the AV, where we speak about the streams coming up from the earth and watering the ground, the AV calls it a mist that came up. But there was no rain. The mist came up, but no rain came down. So Noah had never seen rain, let alone a flood. But by faith he believed the words of God when God spoke to him about things unseen. And we read on, in holy fear built an ark. This fear, this holy fear, this is fear of God as in reverence of God, as in a trust in God, as in a faith, a faith that set Noah into action. And his action was to build something that he'd never heard of, he'd never seen. He didn't know how to build it other than to do it the way that God told him to build it. See, he trusted and had faith in God's word. And then we read on in Hebrews to save his family. You see, he listened to God's warning. He trusted in God's word. Then he spoke about things unknown. Or when God spoke to him about things unknown. He put his faith into action. He also spoke about these things unknown. He also began to work for God. And because of that, he was ridiculed by those who had no faith. But the end result was that by his witness of his faith, he saved his family. And the passage goes on in Hebrews 11. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. 
Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. A warning. A warning that was given and a warning that was rejected by those who heard it. And those who rejected God's word moved their faith into things that would fail. And so they were destroyed. This is a warning to us today. So by faith, the ones that we've looked at faithfully worshipped, faithfully walked and faithfully worked. As I mentioned earlier, the writer is speaking to Christians. We've got to look at ourselves now as we read these words together. We've got to ask is, how is our worship? How is our walk? And how is our work? How is my worship? How is my walk? How is my work? As we look at Hebrews 11, we see that the whole of Scripture is a message speaking to us about faith. This is from Genesis right through to Revelation. Christians down the years have had confidence in God's word, even when they didn't understand it. They trusted in things unseen. Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and the assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now we, in our day, have the benefit of seeing what those who have gone before us could not see. You see, they, by faith in hope, they had a hope in the arrival of the Messiah. We, in our day, will celebrate his arrival, as this Christmas we remember his birth. Let's go to John 1. Uh, Just read some verses from there. This is verse 9 through to 13. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's what they look forward to. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or the husband's will, but born of God. Now, this is one of the promises that the ancients looked forward to, but didn't see. But those who the writers to the Hebrews is speaking to, have seen this. They have seen the birth of Jesus, as we have. Now, we have faith and hope in what we don't see. That is, in his return. And as we wait, let us have faith like Abraham had faith. Now, we're going to look at Abraham. But not yet. We'll leave that till next time. But Abraham looked forward in faith as he waited for what he could not see. 
as I said, we'll look at it next time. But for this morning, for, for this evening, let us consider the things that we have faith in that we don't see. Let's go back to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 24, verse 36 to 44. But about that day or hour, or about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. So Noah brings to us a warning, a warning for us in our day. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. This is how it will be. Then in those verses we have the word, therefore. So in relation to what we've just read, there's some advice coming up. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had not known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So, you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Things not yet seen. And this is what we are to do. Keep watch. You know, just to recap what we learned, it wasn't his worship that saved Abel. It wasn't his walk that saved Enoch. It wasn't his work that saved Noah. It was their faith in God's word that saved them. And we today, we worship by faith. We walk by faith. We work by faith. And we wait and watch by faith. Let me just finish with one final verse. I did say that faith is there right through from Genesis through to Revelation. So we're going into Revelation now, right to the end, 22, verse 20 and 21. This is what we read. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us the faith that we might continue to believe and not to doubt and to believe in the things unseen. And we've thought this evening about when you return. Give us the faith to look, watch and wait and work and worship and walk until that time arrives. We ask your continued blessing upon us now as a company of your people and as individuals as we ask it in the name of our saviour and our lord 
and our High Priest. In the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen.